If you don't know who I am, my name is Mike Schroeder, but I'm undercover today. How's my disguise? Did you, could you recognize me? Were you able to recognize me? I'm undercover. <laughs> We're going to get right into the Word of God this morning. We're concluding our uh we're concluding our series in Psalms 2019, and uh, I don't know about you, but I've really been enjoying these uh, these scriptures. Uh, I'm undercover, just so you know, and uh, I there's a reason that I'm undercover this morning. But I want I don't want anyone to realize. I want you to know that this is really me underneath. See, see it's, but it's. It's uh, it's it's part of it's part of my message. I'm not going to be preaching like this all the whole day, the whole morning, but part of the morning I am. Too bad, she says. Look a lot better this way. Uh, so the the series that we've been going through in Psalms 20 and Psalm 19, we've this is our our fifth message, the fifth section within those two Psalms. We first of all talked about the blessing. Of God's presence, the uh, the title of that message a few weeks back was Sanctuary, and uh, may God bless you out of Zion. May God the, the heart of the Lord is is to bring blessing to His people, and then of course the next week we talked about overcoming, and God desires for us to be in a place where we are able to live a victorious life. We're able to fulfill the call of God in our hearts, and His grace will carry us. God is for you. God is not against you. God loves you, and he wants you to be able to succeed in, in serving him and fulfilling your call. Then we talked about, uh, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about Glorious One, the fact that, that Jesus is our creator. God is the one who created the, the universe. He created the sun and made a place for the sun, and the sun is, is glorious. The creation is glorious. The wondrous majesty of our great God. And how many remember last week, Pastor Matt Jansen was with us from Southgate and did a great job talking about the Word of God. And what, were those, what were those five things? I, I wish I wrote them down and I didn't, but I think he talked about read it, memorize it. Oh, someone wrote it down. That's good. Speak it, sing it, and live it. That's what we do with the Word of God. It's one thing to say, well, yeah, I got a Bible sitting at home, and I even read it sometimes. That's good. That's the first one. You read it. Maybe read it every day would be good. Read, just read a little bit. If you can't read a lot, just read a little bit. It's good. Today we want to conclude this series. Uh, next week is, as you know, is Easter. We're going to be talking about the theme of Easter and the following week, we'll start a brand new series on the kingdom of God. And the reason we're going to do that is because that's what Jesus talked with his disciples about after the resurrection. Between the resurrection and, and the ascension for 40 days, he taught them about the kingdom of God. So that's why we are going to be doing a series on the kingdom. But today, we're concluding the series uh, by the, with the title, Pleasing God. And how can I please the Lord, and, and understanding and believing and enjoying the freedom and forgiveness of God in our every day, and to, to not only think about it and enjoy it on Sunday morning or when we have some spiritual experience, but every day to walk in freedom, to walk understanding and appreciating and knowing 
God's forgiveness. And so if we can turn in our Bibles or our apps to Psalm 19, verses 12 through 14, uh, this is the text for this morning. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from those hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. And then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's just pray for a moment. Can we do that together? Thank you, Lord, for this awesome word that you've given us this morning. Thank you that we can know that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord, that we can know that our sins are forgiven. And I pray, Lord, that a spirit of wisdom, revelation, that we'll have a special experience to know what this word means to us in the everyday. God, I pray you'll bless your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. So the reason I have this wonderful outfit on is because of the first question in this passage. How can I know? How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? And what I've experienced in my life, and I know I'm speaking to the choir in lots of ways, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was a preschooler, and I've lived for him. Uh, There were times when I was a teenager I wasn't sure I wanted to live for him and my mother God bless her. She said, listen, you can't, you can't be unadopted by God. Like, you are a Christian. You, you've made that commitment. God has saved you. That's just the way it is. So why would you want to fight it? Don't fight it. Because God loves you, and you're just, that's, that's who you are now. She had, a, she had really good doctrine about the security of the believer. Anyway, point being is that we can, we can know God and yet still find out after years, and I'm just thinking of some of our dear friends that have maybe lived longer than I have and maybe been a Christian longer than I have, and, and you know, we still have issues with our flesh. Anyone, anyone think that might be true? You think it's true about me, anyone? It's true about you too, just saying. We, we, have, we have battles. We, we need to know what's lurking in our heart. Why is it? My heart, you know, there's a hymn that, that has, has a meaning to me, and it's, it's my heart is prone to wander. And I'm not up here telling you that I'm a horrible person because actually God has helped me to win a lot of victories, and, and by God's grace, I'm walking with him, and, you know, I'm... I'm feeling okay about myself, so don't come up to me after and say, oh, man, so sorry that you're failing. But, you know, all of us, we, we need God to help us. We need God. I've, I've found out that I really needed a Savior. You know, I was like four or five years old, and I'm praying, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins, and, and I'm praying like that. and I, I didn't even have a clue how much I needed Jesus in my life. But I found out later, when I got older, and older and older and older, that I still need a Savior. You do too. So how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? I'm on slide five now, if I could get you to just move forward to slide number five. 
I found in my life that I am very oblivious. My wife will agree with me. I'm not just talking about, you know, knowing when to say the right compliment. But I get oblivious even about the sin lurking in my heart. I did not know that was in there, that, that being prone to judgment, being prone to, to have just bad attitudes, being prone to go after fulfilling my own needs instead of serving the Lord, and all different kinds of things that, that are just, they're just lurking in there. How can I know? And, and I was thinking about this scripture in 1 Corinthians. My conscience is clear. And I can tell you that my conscience, think that or not, God knows what's in my heart. And even if I tell myself or tell you or tell God that my conscience is clear, conscience is clear, that does not necessarily make me innocent. It's God who will be the one who examines me. And he's the one who decides my spiritual condition, not me. How can I know the sin lurking in my heart? I think the next, uh, the next scripture is up there. Can I just go back? That's right. Search me and know me, O oh God. This is, uh, it's interesting. Someone was praying this very, these very scriptures in the pre-service prayer this morning. By the way, if you would like to get more out of church, if you think, you know what, there's something, I, I just, I'm just not always feeling it. Come to pre-service prayer. Everything will change. Your prayers will help the service, and your prayers will help you get ready for what God wants to do in the service as well. But someone was actually quoting this scripture and these thoughts in, um, in our pre-service prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart, and test me, and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God will point out the undercover sins in your life if you ask him to. He will help you to know, okay, this is what you need to deal with now. And with that, I'm not going to be lurking anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, that's too hot anyway. But this undercover business, but you know, oh, what's bright in here. God will help us. God will help us to know if we are if we are ready to listen to what he might say. But if we like to stay oblivious, you know, God's going to be patient with us, but sooner or later, you know, our sin will be will be exposed and it will be time for us to deal with some things. And that second half of that Verse, verse 12, it says, Lord, cleanse me from these hidden faults. And we can ask the Lord. We don't have to walk around thinking, oh, man, I wonder what's going to show up next. We can just, if, if, if something uh, emerges in our understanding of where we're at and we need to deal with it, we can deal with it immediately. We can have this attitude of humility, and we can find ourselves in a place where we are cleansed and we are forgiven and we are free from our sin. God will cleanse us if we come to him. We won't be cleansed by denying our guilt. Sometimes out of fear, sometimes out of uh, pride, we just want to deny it 
well, I'm a good person. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I, I was talking to a fellow, and I was talking about uh, some things that he was doing that were really not good at all. <laughs> he says, well, I'm a good person. Now, the reason, there's a reason I, w- I don't just go around confronting people of their sin, but this, th- there was a context, and it was okay to do that. And, but he, he really felt like he was a good person in spite of the fact that he was doing these things, which I don't want to mention. Uh, by denying our guilt, that is not how we get there. By minimizing it, you know, you, you've heard, well, nobody's perfect. That's right. That's why we love everybody. That's why we give people grace. That's why God is patient, because nobody's perfect. But when we say, well, nobody's perfect, we don't, we're not to mean, well, that means I can just go ahead and keep doing what I was doing. No, that's, that's not the same. It does, it's not necessarily so. If we stumble and fall, that's, no one's perfect, and there's grace for that, and God will, but God then will cleanse us if we come to him, not by self-justification. Well, I'm, I'm doing my best. Well, actually, doing our best is the wrong focus anyway. Because there isn't freedom, and there isn't forgiveness, and there isn't cleansing in us doing our best. The place for that is to humbly confess, lay down our pride, believe the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and trust actively in Jesus. That's what we do. We don't do our best. I don't do my best to serve the Lord. I do my best to put my trust and my hope in Jesus Christ. I don't do my best to try to get it right. Of course we attempt to do right. We want to do right. We want to obey Jesus. But that's not where my hope is. And when I stumble and fall, I go, oh, I was doing my best. No. When I stumble and fall, I come to God. And there is forgiveness and there is grace to the humble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so if, if... the Holy Spirit, or perhaps someone close to you, points something out to you. If, if God answers your prayer, you know your prayer, search me, O oh God, that prayer, <laughs> and know and see if there's anything in me that's, that's not right. If God answers that prayer, don't go, I don't want to talk about this right now. That's, that's the resistance, right? God resists the proud. But we want God's grace. God gives grace to the humble. To those who say, well, of course, I need a Savior. Well, you don't know what they, yeah, you know, God does know what they did. And he'll deal with them. But He's, you, you pray, God, you know, search me and see if there's anything in me. If he answers that prayer, don't start talking about the other person. Because God wants us to be able to receive his forgiveness. And that's, that comes as we, uh, as we pray and and there's another scripture I just want to talk about on this whole area of cleansing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it's very, it's a very strong, uh, very politically incorrect verse here I'm going to share with you. It's not all on the screen, but from 9 to 11, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, those who worship idols, commit adultery, male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, uh, drug addicts, people who use prescription drugs incorrectly, 
are abusive or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that. Uh, I think that was very kind, kindly said. I think most all of us were once like that, at least in our heart, in our thoughts. But he goes on to say this. You were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. How how can we be cleansed? How can we know our name is written in the Lamb's book of life? By calling on the name of the Lord and trusting Him to cleanse us on the inside. So we do the calling and He does the cleansing. Isn't that awesome? Don't try to clean up your act. You don't have to, when you get ready for church, get ready for church, you know, like you can come in your jamma pants if you want, but, you know, you, you can, you, you can come. You don't, but you don't come thinking, well, I'm really ready now to worship God because I'm doing good. Because the place will be empty pretty soon. We don't, we don't make ourselves clean. We come and we call on the name of the Lord and trust him for our cleansing. That's the way it works. In a little while, we're going to be uh, partaking of communion. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to have an invitation for everyone. You know, we can't make ourselves, you know, we, we can't make ourselves better. Only God can do that. And so we call on him. And if you feel like, you know what, I don't know if I'm ready to take communion. Okay, get ready. Well, how do you do that? You call on the name of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved because we call on the name of the Lord and then he cleans us up by his Holy Spirit. Calling on the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of God, the active, the active Holy Spirit activity in our lives when we call on him, his Spirit comes and cleans us up on the inside and makes us ready. Today, you and I can know that we are cleansed and forgiven and free from sin. We can know that. That's not pride. That's the facts. That's trusting in Jesus. It's only prideful if you say, well, I, yeah, I'm doing really good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I got it licked. I got it beat. Well, Lord, cleanse me from these hidden faults, these hidden things. Now, there's a the next verse changes it up just a little bit just goes from the hidden faults to just out and out rebellion cuz i want to tell you there are times not often there are times when i know better and i still make a decision to do what's wrong and i don't like doing that but it wasn't like oh i got tricked no, I, I, just, I was just rebellious. Now, who, what kind of a horrible person am I? I'm not going to give you all the examples of all of my dirty secrets, but they are, you know, I'm, I'm not a criminal, you know. <laughs> but there's times when my heart is hard, and I just don't want to do that. You know, I'm, maybe I'm supposed to call someone and encourage them, and I just don't want to talk to anybody right now. So I say, no, I'm not doing that. 
I know you've never said no to Jesus. Oh, you looking so holy. But the next verse, it, in verse 13, it says, Keep your servant from deliberate sins and, let them control, uh, and don't let them control me, and then I'll be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. You know, maybe some of you are doing great sins. Well, don't do that. Do, deal with it. Come to God. Ask Him for help. Even the Lord's Prayer that the church around the world for centuries has said, Lord, please don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Why would Jesus teach us to pray that if it wasn't an option that might happen? You know, that we need God to help us. You know, you can pray for my bad attitude, and I'll pray for your bad attitude. How's that? But we can also pray for our own bad attitude. Here it says, Lord, keep me stay pure, but by obeying God's word. We can't obey God's word if we don't, you know, read it, memorize it, meditate on it, sing it, speak it. There was five and live it. There was, I said six, but I, you know, we got to have the word in us too to be able to obey. That's one of the things that will really help us in our lives. But God wants to help us with the sins, the secret sins, the little things that are lurking when we're oblivious to them. And God wants to help us just have a good attitude and, and, have, and obey him. Sometimes we just need to learn to just obey him. There's a cost. You know, it's, yeah, someone once said it, I think it was Bob Mumford, he talked about, you know, the cross is where, where my will intersects God's will. And having that crucified life is where the will of God intersects with my will, and I'm going to serve God and make a decision to serve the Lord and obey Him, even if there's a cost. It costs me money. It costs me my pride. It costs me perhaps going and doing something, taking time, taking time with people. But uh, whatever, whatever it might be, God can help us. So the last verse of Psalm 19, which is the last verse in our series, uh, it says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And I, I believe that for the, for the most part, you know, until you and I are rebellious, we want to serve the Lord. We want to serve the Lord together. We want to be that sort of good person. We want to be a person that knows God, loves God, serves God. We want to be a good Christian, maybe even a better Christian. Have you ever thought about that? I believe you have. And here it is here. Here's the prayer. May the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We want to please the Lord. When a person's ways please the Lord, that's a good thing. In Ephesians it says this in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8 through 10. It says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And verse 10 says this, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. What actually pleases the Lord? You can please the Lord. You know, we have... Uh, we have grandkids, and sometimes they please us, and sometimes they don't. Uh, 
I don't think I love them any differently when they don't please me, but they still can please me. This week, uh, had an experience with our one of our grandsons, and, you know, we're just trying to help them learn how to get along in life and, you know, learn what it means to say please and thank you. Have you ever told your kid or your grandkid, uh, now, what do you say? Thank you or please. And they don't really even, it's not even in their radar. They're just using the word because they've learned to use the word. And that's actually, it's not a bad habit. Even to say thank you, even if you aren't thankful, saying thank you can, can change your own heart and can also help you socially. <laughs> it's just a good thing. It's being polite. And this week, it was like a banner day when the one grandson that we have, I did something for him and I asked him if he would like that. He said, yes, please. And I thought, whoa, this is awesome. And then when I gave it to him, he said, oh, thank you, Gogo. And I thought, I can't, this, man, I, I, this is a banner week in the life of me. <laughs> and I was pleased. Now, I don't love him any more or less this, today than I did last Sunday or the week before. But wow, that pleased me. There are things that we can do to please Almighty God. You know, you can change his mood. You have the ability to change God's mood. Now, maybe he doesn't need his mood changed. And, you know, that's something we can work out on, you know, in the year, you know, the 10,000th year when we're in heaven. But we can please the Lord. That's something that we actually can do. And I think number one here on, on the list is gratitude and praise and having a good attitude. You know, when we come together, uh, when we worship God together, God is pleased. Now, if you don't like the tune, uh, I, I get it, okay? But really, it's not about the, whether we like the tune. It's, it's about our hearts praising the Lord. Isn't that right? That's why we're here, to praise the Lord. You know, when you're singing in the shower and you're, you know, praising the Lord and you know that it doesn't sound that great, you know what? Jesus loves it when you praise him. He just loves it. When you, when you and I, when we have the right attitude, when we have the, that gratitude of being grateful to the Lord for all of the many, many blessings, I could make you a list of stuff I wish was different, but we should have a long list of things that we're grat- we have gratitude about, that we're grateful for. Amen? Amen. Uh, <clears throat> this one is... Is, is a strong word. I just thought it was something I needed to put in here. Uh, Ephesians 5, it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Uh, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Freedom Session, which we have really appreciated in our church, there's, there's a word or a phrase that talks about drug of choice. And you know, so you might think, well, I don't, I don't drink. I, I don't drink wine. Uh, or if I do, I don't drink too much. Or, you know, I don't do, uh, don't do drugs. Uh, maybe this or that. You have a list of things you, you don't do. But there are other things that people do sometimes just to, uh, like, a, like they go to a place or something to do, whether it's, you know, whether it's like a, a food addiction or 
maybe uh, being a, a shop, a shopping thing, or you know, gaming can be an, an addiction if you're a gamer. Nothing particularly right or wrong about gaming unless it becomes addictive. And those addictions, what they do is, is, is they they actually whether it's alcohol or or other drugs or your drug of choice, it's something that gives you a chemical uh, a chemical reaction in your brain that's it's. I don't know if it's dopamine or some other enes and other bodily drugs that just happened. But anyway, there, there's my medical uh, knowledge right there. I just said everything I know about the brain. That wasn't much. <laughs> if I only had a brain. Anyway. Uh, the thing is, is that we can't go to other things that will meet the needs that God intended the Holy Spirit to meet in our life. That's idolatry. And, of course, I mean, some of the... I've I've been reading in Deuteronomy and and thinking about all the idols and even the people of Israel. You know, their favorite food was beef. And uh, they came out of Egypt, and Moses went up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And he, they, he took too long, and so they were disappointed and whatever. They were mad. They were rebellious. And they took their favorite hamburger and made an idol of it and bowed down and said, this is what brought us out of Egypt. That's ridiculous. Spiritual deception. But, you know, some of our things that we turn to instead of the Holy Spirit are really quite silly. And we need to understand idolatry is not always just having a physical idol. And God says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And last but not least is, is respect. Uh, he says, I will bless those who have a humble and contrite heart who tremble at my word. I believe that these things, having a respect for God's word, putting Jesus first in our lives and letting the Holy Spirit be our satisfaction instead of whatever else, and having a good attitude of praise and of gratitude and, and, and just serving the Lord with gladness. These are things that can please the Lord. So find out, the Bible says in, in Ephesians, find out what pleases the Lord. And uh, in this, in this uh, Psalm 19 and verse 14, it says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I want my ways. I'm speaking for myself, and I believe this is something you can identify with. I want my ways to please the Lord. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the things I even think about, my motives, my thoughts, my fears, putting my fears to you instead of hanging on to them. Lord, may the inner life, my inner life, be pleasing to you. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I just like to pray. To-